Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted that you are here. I know I say that a lot, but I really mean it. This podcast has been such a cool way to connect with so many amazing dog guardians. It has just been an honor and a privilege to connect with so many of you in like a one-on-one setting, in a virtual session, or inside of Reactive Redefined. So thank you so much for listening and entrusting me to be a part of your training journey. Today, the long-awaited episode, Wolf Training. (laughs) So for those of you who follow me over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you have seen footage of me training wolves at a wolf sanctuary. It has been so cool, and I'm so excited to tell you all about the wolf hybrid training that I've been doing. So I have been working for the last five months with the staff members at Wolf Sanctuary, which is in Fort Collins. It is not open to the public, so you can't visit quite yet, but I have been working with the staff members there to form a training plan and protocol for all of the animals. And it has just been so incredibly rewarding. It was an opportunity that fell into my lap thanks to a really wonderful client. Um, I had worked with her dog in the past and she knew of my training abilities and when the wolf sanctuary was looking for a trainer to help with some of their wolves, my name was thrown into the pot and look at me now. So I am super duper grateful for the opportunity to be working with wolf hybrid. So I want to tell you just a little bit more about the sanctuary and then we'll kind of dive into some of the work that I've been doing. So like I said, Wolf Sanctuary, it's lo- it's located just outside of Fort Collins. It is amazing sanctuary. They rescue and obviously house wolf hybrid. So they actually don't have any um, 100% wolves. They are all hybrids, meaning that they are dog with wolf genetically mixed in there. And I'm not going to pretend to know everything about wolves or wolf hybrids or the sanctuary. I'm really just going to kind of speak to my experience. But a majority of the animals at the sanctuary are there because they were purchased as pets. And then for a whole host of reasons, the animals were surrendered to shelters and shelters were not equipped to handle them. And in turn, the sanctuary takes them and gives them housing. The animals at the sanctuary are there for life. So this is not a they're going to get adopted and live out. This is a they're going to live in sanctuary. So there are a lot of states that have different laws and stuff like that. But in Colorado, as far as I understand it, um, they cannot legally adopt out a lot of the animals because of the content of wolf. Um, And in Colorado, it is illegal to have a wolf hybrid as a pet, although that does not stop um, backyard breeders from selling them and trying to popularize them and make them cool. (laughs) As just a slight caveat here for everyone listening, 
Wolf hybrids make really terrible pets for a lot of reasons. I've done some Instagram reels on this. You may remember there was a black wolf hybrid named Kieran that starred in one of my uh, reels on this. But essentially, wolves make terrible pets for a couple of reasons. One, they can be extremely destructive. I'm telling like, I'm telling you like destroying mattresses, going through drywall, like a very high level of destruction inside of a house because ultimately they want to be out outside because they are wild. Um, Wolf hybrids also make terrible pets because they can be very, very fearful to a lot of noises, sights, sounds, and they will in turn try and run away. And it's a very challenging thing to manage a wolf hybrid in a city environment. And in turn, it makes them just really a hard pet to keep. In addition to that, wolf hybrids typically will display a pretty intense level of resource guarding, which again is normal for them, but it does not lend itself very well to being a pet. I know that there are a few exceptions to this, but by and large, wolf hybrids really do not make good pets and they suffer because of that, because it's stressful. The situations we put them in where we ask them to live, it is not natural to them and it becomes very, very challenging. So I know that on Instagram, there's a lot of like popularizing of like, my wolf hybrid's the best pet ever. And please just know that there's so much more to it than that. And in the majority of cases, wolf hybrids are not going to make pets. And like, as someone who knows and loves a lot of wolf hybrids, I would not want one to live in my house, (laughs) just to give you a little bit more perspective. So the animals will live out their days at the sanctuary. So it's kind of a unique opportunity because when it comes to training, we have all the time in the world, right? Like there's really no urgency in any of the training we're doing. A lot of the training is just to improve the quality of life of the animals and make getting them care, getting them the care they need easier. But it's, it's, there are 28 total wolves at the sanctuary. So there's a lot of variation in training plans, but Yes, the sanctuary um, rescues wolf hybrids from different situations, but a lot of them being pet homes that (laughs) did not pan out, and the animals will live out their days at the sanctuary. So when I was initially called into the sanctuary, it's because they had just rescued a young male wolf hybrid called Topaz, and he was about... I want to say he was like nine or 10 months when I met him. So youngster. And he was displaying some overly excited, like jumpy, mouthy behavior towards staff members. And they were hoping to kind of get a grip on it because he was young. And they were hoping to also give him some skills so he could potentially be an ambassador animal, meaning he would like go to events and educational purposes so that the public could see like, while he's beautiful, he's also not going to be a great pet for you. So that was the initial reason, right, that I started doing work at the sanctuary. And we have done some really cool stuff with Topaz over the last couple of months. So for Topaz in particular, we started with just a foundation of targeting. So many of you have heard me talk about teaching your dog a nose touch. We just do a modified version of that with the animals at the sanctuary by using a target stick. So that is the skill that we taught Topaz right away. The first day that I met him, I had my clicker, I had the target, I had high value treats, and that is what we did. 
targeted. So we started by teaching the targeting behavior through offense to prevent him from practicing some of the jumping, mouthing behavior that he had been practicing. In addition to teaching him that skill through the fence, we also put a protocol in place to keep staff members and Topaz safe. So the staff members created a little um, smaller um, kennel inside of his large habitat where he could be when staff members needed to go in. Um, we taught him to go into that location on cue. The staff members were already doing a really good job of that. He was eating in there. He's actually really happy and content in there. So we put a management protocol in place to prevent him from practicing the behavior and also to keep staff members safe. And then we also started doing foundational work through the fence. So after those two things were accomplished, he was he's happy. We say kennel. He runs into his kennel. He loves it. It's so fluent. It really was surprisingly easy to teach him. Um, once the targeting behavior was strong through the fence, then what we do we did is we intro- introduced one staff member in the habitat, and we had the staff member work on targeting and then exit, so that the whole time the staff member was in there, Topaz was engaged in doing the targeting, and then the staff member left before Topaz had a chance to practice some of the overly excited jumping mouthing behavior. That was actually a pretty smooth transition. We were able to do that relatively quickly. And then we transitioned to me being the trainer inside of the habitat, and then we introduced another staff member. So once we had success with the targeting and um, trainers being inside the habitat with him and preventing some of the overzealous jumping mouthing behavior, then we taught him a stationing behavior. So Topaz has a wooden spool inside of his habitat that serves as a perfect station. And what we did is we taught him first to get up onto the station on cue. He is very receptive. He's a very engaged learner. So it was not hard to teach him this. We put that on cue and then we added duration to the behavior. So we really taught him a lot of the skills that I teach to all of the pet dogs that I work with. We just utilized them and adapted them to the sanctuary setting. And we also, I I wanted to just kind of, you know, give you a little bit more insight into this, that it wasn't completely linear. So we made a lot of progress. He was getting really stable. He was working safely for a lot of people. Then in the winter, when his hormones really started to come in and he was maturing a little bit, we had a little bit of a backslide in the behavior and we saw some other behaviors that were a little puzzling. So what we did is we just gave Topaz a break. We gave Topaz a full two-week break from training, um, let his hormones kind of stabilize a little bit, and then we went back to training. And I'm happy to say that that was really all that it took. Obviously, wolf hybrids are a little bit different than the domesticated dog, but a lot of the behavioral changes as they mature and age are similar. Although the timeline is just slightly different, they're very similar. So that's what we did. We gave him a break and then we came back to training and he's doing super well. We have a really beautiful protocol now where Topaz is in his kennel when staff members enter the habitat and then the staff members or myself, whoever is training him, will position themselves next to the spool. So as soon as he comes out of that kennel, we have the spool set up. He knows how to get up there. He can get attention and pets. Um, So it's working really, really beautifully. He's maturing nicely and he is going to turn into a wonderful adult wolf hybrid. In addition to working on behaviors inside of his habitat, we also worked on teaching him to 
be tolerant of being harnessed and leashed. It's still a work in progress. We're still working on that. But the stationing acted as a beautiful foundation for that. So he will get up onto the spool. We can get the harness out. Usually myself and a staff, staff member will kind of work as a team. So one person can get the harness on and the other person can feed him. Because the goal is for Topaz to eventually be an ambassador animal, he needed to have experience Um, being harnessed, being leashed, being walked, and also getting in and out of a vehicle and going um, on short car rides, all of which we have been working on with him. So leash manners are not the goal, right? Like we don't need Topaz to walk nicely on a leash. He is a wolf hybrid. We want him to continue to be a wolf hybrid. We don't want the public to see him walking really nicely on a leash and think, oh, I want one of those. So we're not teaching him leash skills at all. It was really more the experience of being harnessed, being leashed, going for a walk that we really were just consistent and continue to be consistent with for him. And then we just did some repetitions of getting him in and out of a vehicle, doing short car rides, all of which are ongoing. We're still working on. So Topaz has been (laughs) such a delight to work with. And it's been so fun as I continue to go up there that, you know, he knows I show up, he knows what we're going to do. He's excited about it. So it's been just such a delight getting to work with him. So that was really like the, the beginning, right? (laughs) And once we started seeing progress with Topaz, I was able to get to know some of the other animals and, you know, do some training and help with them. So the second animals (laughs) set of animals, Um, are Yuki and Kieran. If you follow me on Instagram, Yuki is the white wolf I keep posting content of, and uh, Kieran is the black wolf. And they were initially um, mates, right? So at the habitat, um, I'm sorry, at the sanctuary, all of the animals, well, not all, but most of the animals are paired, right? So they're duos, they share a habitat. So it's kind of like a two for one deal here. Topaz cohabitates with a wolf hybrid called Sapphire, who is very fearful of people. So she more just observes when we're training. We don't really train with her. But Yuki and Kieran um, were living together and they were both young. They were kind of maturing and there started to be some tensions between the two of them over certain things. And because of all of my experience with behavior, working with <laughs> aggression, multi-dog households, stuff like that, that was another circumstance when I was like, hey, listen, I think I can help with this. And it's been really fun to get to know Yuki and Kieran. Kieran is a very um, high content wolf. So he ends up being much more fearful. So it took a several, it took several months for him to like really get comfortable with me. Um, Yuki and Kieran are both very engaged learners and we've been able to teach them a ton, which has just been so fun. Yuki is an animal that can be a bit, um, obsessive and hyper-focused on things. So something we really focused on her was her response to her name so that we could more effectively redirect her and prevent some of the intense behavior from occurring. And, She is just such a superstar example of how a systematic training plan with positive reinforcement can yield just insane results. Yugi is an animal now who basically will respond to her name in almost all circumstances. Like it is very rare these days that Yuki will not respond to her name. So it's just been so cool to see her transform. Kieran being a high content wolf is very fearful of being reached towards. (laughs) 
strange objects. He's just much more fearful of things because of how high content he is. And something we've worked on him is a stationing behavior and getting him more comfortable with being harnessed and leashed. Because all of the animals will live in sanctuary for the rest of their life, and because most of them spend all of their day in their habitat, while they are awesome habitats, they're beautiful, they're like an acre, it's wooded, it's really a beautiful place, we also can enrich the animals' lives by getting them out for walks, right? The same way we do with dogs. So that's something we focused on with Yuki and Kirin. Yuki is a lower content wolf. And I don't know if it's all because of that, but she's actually quite easy to harness and walk. She actually walks really nicely on a leash, maybe even better than some pet dogs that I know. So I was able to do a lot of work with Yuki and Kieran and something that we worked on with them, right? So there was an altercation between the two of them, which happened sometimes. No one was physically injured. We were able to get them separated. But what we ended up doing was some separate time, doing play dates and stuff like that. But as they have both matured, um, with my advice and obviously understanding what staff members have to say and, you know, following um, the director of the sanctuary, we've decided that Yuki and Kieran are much happier being separate. And it, I think that that's something that I have so much respect for at the sanctuary is that they're not trying to force things, right? Obviously, Yuki and Kieran being able to live together full time forever could be cool if it was in their best interest. But after lots of careful planning and creativity and setups, we're realizing that their buds who like to go for walks together and like play dates, but living together all of the time is not for them. So there's been a lot of variations of the work that I've been able to do over the last couple of months at the sanctuary. Um, but over the last couple of months, over like the last two months, I've been able to meet almost all of the members of the sanctuary, all of the animals. Um, there are wide ranges of sociability and fear. There are several animals that are very fearful of people who I've just seen from afar. They're not like actively working with me. So there's really a spectrum of personalities and willingness to train with people. But the newest project is crate training, kennel conditioning, whatever you want to label it. Um, we're doing that for every single animal. So the Wolf Sanctuary has a new property in Red Feather, and they are making huge moves. So they are eventually going to move the sanctuary to this new property. The um, the habitats are built. It's beautiful out there. It's been so cool to see the new property. But because all of the animals will be moving to a new property, really the main focus now is conditioning all of the animals to be comfortable in the kennel so that the move to the new sanctuary can be the least amount of stress and scary to the animals as we possibly can. So like I said, there's a lot of animals there. There's a lot of varying degrees of personality, sociability, fear, willingness to work. So it has been a really cool opportunity and creativity and meeting each individual animal where they are at. So what we started with was just straight up habituation. So we put crates, kennels into all of the habitats and gave it about a week or two, right? So a lot of the animals are very fearful. So even just putting the crates in the habitat was like, whoa, what is this thing? So we gave them about two weeks to kind of habituate to the crates being 
in the environment. And then we started our conditioning protocol. It looks different for all of the animals. Some of the animals, there's a particular animal, his name is Outlaw, and he basically was already crate trained. (laughs) He loves his kennel. You can put him in there. You can close the door and he is all about it. So he's at a point where it's on cue. He will go in. We're working on duration and the crate moving and stuff like that. So he's probably obviously like the most trained. And then there are a couple of animals, Cree and Kovur, who come to mind and they are the most fearful animals at the sanctuary. And we have taken a completely um, hands-off approach to that. So what staff members did is they set up trail cams so we could see what was happening around the kennel. And what we did was literally just make sure that the crate doors were propped open so they weren't going to close. And we just left treats of varying values and excitement in the kennels so that the animals could go in and out. I am really so pleased. The last time I was up there, I saw trail cam footage and both Cree and Kovu were going into their kennels and eating treats and getting comfortable. So that's just kind of the spectrum that we're working on, but it's been such a fun project for me to understand what is happening with each individual animal and make sure that we're customizing that training plan to accommodate them. The animals are so beautiful. Seriously, I'll be up at the sanctuary and everyone starts howling and the sun is peeking through the beautiful pine trees and I have to pinch myself. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So really the main focus right now is making sure that all of the animals are as prepped and ready as we can possibly get them for the move to the new facility. Once the move is accomplished to the new facility, that is when we are going to get to some of our longer term goals, which is really training all of the animals to more actively consent and participate in their care. And then also really just building in more enrichment and opportunities for the animals to live fulfilled lives. The sanctuary does, I mean, seriously, such a superstar job. These animals are so well cared for. Um, One of the animals who's a little bit older is getting chiropractic. Um, no, not chiropractic, I'm sorry, acupuncture and all of the supplements. They take so much time and energy to make sure that each animal is just cared for the, the best that they possibly can. And it's it's really just such an honor and a privilege to be a part of the training journey. So everyone, Wolf Sanctuary, I'll be, sh- be sure to include a link to their website in our show notes. They are a nonprofit. So if you would like to donate, you can do that on their website and stay tuned. I'm sure I'll have more Wolf training content for you over on uh, Instagram. And who knows, maybe I'll come back for another wolf training episode. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Let's be honest. Some dogs just need an opportunity to run around off leash so that it's easier to live with them. The only caveat to that is that not all dogs are trustworthy off leash. That is why I created my 21 day recall training program, Trustworthy Recalls. I give you the exact framework that I use to get Wayland's recall to almost 100% reliability. As an added bonus in Trustworthy Recalls, we've also just added a whistle recall training plan. So whether you need to train a verbal cue or a whistle recall, we got you in our 21-day training program, Trustworthy Recalls. Link to that is in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.